0: Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy, and exhausting. Join me, Shana, some of the Twinkle EYFS team, special guest speakers, and other early years practitioners as we talk honestly about our experiences. Whether you're listening for CPD, on your commute, or to help you relax, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello everyone. We are going to do an Instagram live today with three guests talking about getting ready for being early years uh, practitioners in september so let me see if i can find our guests who are joining today one hopefully this is happening accept everybody Hi. Hello. Hi. hello oh my gosh it's working this is yeah. really good <laughs> this is I can I you know I think I've done a um TikTok live before but never an Instagram live have you guys done that never no
1: never
0: oh okay where's Matt come on Matt where's it where's it gone there it is accept go live come on fingers crossed we can do this (laughs) at least I can see like all four of you as well like it'll be nice to uh, have actually good framing okay you, did you all get ready for today did you all i didn't
2: time <laughs> no i didn't have
1: time either actually yeah. I just, well i think like, you look marvelous my hair out so i don't look like i've been a bush.
0: <laughs> why won't it let matt on come on matt i've accepted him like four times so hi everybody who's come to join us very excited to have you here uh, if you don't know already, my name is Charlotte and I work for Twinkle Early Years. And we are joined by some wonderful guest speakers today because we wanted to help you guys get ready basically for uh, September. Because some of you might have the news already that you will be joining Early Years. Maybe it's in a private setting, maybe you're becoming a childminder, maybe you're coming into a school um, and you're down in uh, nursery and reception. So let us know where you're going to be uh next uh, september and um we're going to help you out as much as we can so we should have three guests here matt first with mr s it says you can't join at the minute so keep trying matt i don't know why it's not working but while we're waiting for our lovely third guest to join us why don't you introduce yourself to our lovely uh listeners and people who've joined us today and introduce yourself do
1: that thing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amy and I'm 27. I started working as a nursery assistant, not qualified, back in 2015, I think. And then I gained my level two, level three. And then I became a senior uh, room leader, third in charge. Then I left to become a nanny for a couple of years, which I loved. That was pre COVID and I was sole charge of the boys, but then COVID hit and it just went and I think it just went downhill because the parents were at home and it was difficult working with them around and looking after the kids and they would run up to the parents. Um, and then I the boys school that I went they used to take them to school in the morning, they offered me a job as a one to one. And then it just went on from there and now now i'm in a TA in the nursery at the same school which i, I just love it it's brilliant
0: what
2: journey gorgeous right. thank you <laughs> um, Leanne um i won't say how old i am <laughs> um i've been doing i've been in education i think this is year 22 now um i started out as a TA and um, then I went, started as a one-to-one and then a TA in the class. And then I did my high-level teaching assistant. And then I was taking classes. And then I also did PPA cover doing performing arts. And then I was employed as an unqualified teacher probably 10
0: years,
2: 9, 10 years. And I late I was a late bloomer to getting my teaching degree just because life happens. Um, so, and then qualified probably the last uh it's now three years now so they say qualified unqualified but <laughs> I think we're all qualified in whatever way. Um I've been in preschool and reception year one. Um September I'm in reception. So I've just finished preschool. So, there, so, That's so. so
0: great, thank you. And Matt's able to join us as well now. Matt, why don't you introduce yourself?
3: Hi I'm Matt. Um I'm currently a nursery teacher. I'm taking my nursery up to reception next year, so I'm transitioning into reception. I started my career as a TA when I was 16, and then I qualified as a teacher two years ago. So, yeah.
0: Loving it still?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Great, great. So, now I think we've got a really good uh, mix of guests here today, guys, because... They've clearly done every job in early years. So if there's a question (laughs) that we can't answer, I'm going to eat my hat. Okay. so um, if you are listening live, please put some questions in the comments um, and let us know what you'd like to know about starting uh, in early years, whether it's a TA, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a one to one, whether it's a nursery manager, like whatever that is, ask us your questions and see if we can help you out. But I wanted to start with first, guys. Even though technically we're starting in September, right, we all know, especially in early years, you kind of have to start the ball going now. So what kind of things are you guys doing now to help you prepare for September?
3: Home visits, getting to know the children, transition days, um, getting to know the long-term plan, getting your head around, and the best of all, classroom design, figuring out how you want your classroom.
2: Love that. Yeah. And yeah. um, like yeah, class lists and confirming those and like, like Matt said, transitions. Um, speaking to your new TAs if you've got new TAs in the class, if you're the teacher, just like getting to know if you don't know them and especially if it's a new class that you've not been in, if you've been in like year one, for example, you're going into reception, it's something a bit different, just finding out how everyone does anything, seeing if there's any changes to the topics for the next year. Um, yeah, real well, planning ahead makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, it does help. Yeah. 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 Um my, my nursery teacher actually goes to their current settings and she goes and observes them and speaks to the um the practitioners there. And then we have the pet the children come in. I think they come in for like two mornings they do. Um and then we just stagger them in. So September we'll only have like half the class in for two days and then the other half join in with us. But we've just been, this week, we've just been sorting out resources and things and, yeah, all the exciting bits.
0: I have to say it is a really exciting time of the year, isn't it? But it is also a little bit crazy because you kind of got two cohorts in, in one at the same time in your head. So whether you're in year six right now, you do have to kind of think ahead to September. And like you say, we've got to contact those um, those families now I think one of the big things i remember when i was um working in early years is doing the parent presentation evening for all our new family started school has anybody done those yet
1: <laughs> I, yeah i don't do those so my the teacher does um but she was saying it was nice to see the parents and get an understanding of like what they know and it's so different so being in a private day nursery to a school nursery, it's completely different. As in, like, so one of the parents asked, "Well, do you give poll? But obviously, at, at private day nursery, they all sign a thing to say you can administer Calpol and give them a call. But obviously, schools, we don't do that. And then they are asking about sleeps But obviously, at school nursery, they don't sleep. So it, it's really different.
2: I think. go It depends on your
1: oh,
3: setting as well because some schools do do that it depends on your medication policy but um we did we did meet the teacher but we did it as the whole team so they got to meet the teaching assistants the teacher they got to meet the safeguarding lead the senco so we made sure they got to meet the whole because we call it the EYFS family so they got to meet all of us oh that's so sweet
2: yeah we've had we've had hours and um pretty similar yeah meet the parents i think it's one tip I would always say is build up a really good relationship with your parents. Um, Always have those conversations with them because if, you know, if and when there's a difficult conversation you need to have, it's not a surprise to them or it's not awkward to talk to them or You don't shy away from it because I've, um, I've learned from experience that parents appreciate honesty and obviously it's how you talk to them and you know, letting them know along the way and saying okay what could we do and work together using that i think that really eases it because sometimes in this job i think the parent side can be quite difficult and i'm a parent as well as a child so i understand both sides but it can be quite hard because you're you know your child is in the hands of these people all day most of the year um and you're trusting them so having that good relationship i think is for me is like the the top <laughs> one of the top things to. I think of that. definitely Yeah, that's
0: a great tip. Especially like you say, if we're starting now already, you know, a lot of the year groups will have transition days. But like you say, we might have a couple of stay and plays over in the in the in the in July or the meet the meet the parent evenings and things like that. And I think it's a unique uh, challenge for early years. Is there is a lot of paperwork for parents to fill out, especially in terms of like enrolling on a school. Like the packs are this thick, and it can be. Really overwhelming for families to try and be like, oh my god, I have no, I have no idea what I'm supposed to put here. So I think being okay with you, especially if you're new to early years, not knowing those answers, because it is a bit of a shock when you get there. Like, oh yeah, I've never had to help a parent with this before. But go and ask, you know, the business managers if you're in a school or a private nursery, they'll know what needs to be sent off to the local council, etc., and things like that. And like you say, uh, home visits. Sometimes start in July. Sometimes they start in September. So, what what have you guys done? And also, what would your top tips be for doing home visits?
3: So, our home visits start next week. Um, wow. And we we're, we're not going there to inspect the house. We're going there to see what the parent knows about the child and how the child interacts in their home in in their in their home life and. We're going to see if there's anything that we can put into our provision to help the transition be easier and we we just need to get that across that we're not there to inspect their houses that's not our job our job is to build a good relationship with the parents as Mel was saying it's the the relationship with the parents is key from the start and if you've got that you'll have it all year and you'll see the progress will get better and better as the year goes on so
2: Um we we don't currently do home visits, but I've done them previously, and it's um, and we do try and like you say tell the parents okay we're not inspectors, <laughs> we're not there to tell you how you live, we're just there just to get to know you and to understand that the home environment is where your child is the most comfortable, so hence having the home visits to go and see them and you know in a not comfortable environment and just just chatting for them to feel comfortable to ask you questions and you to let them know things. Um, and yeah, like the start of that long relationship,
3: positive relationship, hopefully. <laughs> we always ask if we can take a photo as well. So, cause we've got something called a remember when book. So oh, um, when they first start, when they so... first start nursing or reception, we can show them, oh, this is when we came to visit you. <laughs> and you were doing this, this and this and make links to the home life. And then we ask them to send in a family photo that we display in our home corner or like if the pet so we can show um, oh look! There's Mummy. There's Daddy. There's Granny. There's Fred the dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've actually never done a home visit. Thinking over the years, never visit never. We've always we've had loads of settling in sessions, especially at a private day nursery. They tend to do, but like, like, I think it's one with the one with the parents coming in, and then another without the parents there. And then if they're a bit emotional, then we offer more, more sitting sessions. But I've never done actually a home visit, so it's really interesting hearing about that. And I I think that should be something that we should implement maybe actually into school. So I like that idea.
0: That's Res- so funny. And this is about earlier, isn't it? Like yeah. it's so yeah. different. No matter where you know, it, it really depends on what setting you're going into. Uh, you know, which kind of shapes your experience and. I remember I think I did home visits in every setting that, that I was in. Um and I absolutely loved it because I can see how like parents and carers and families would be really intimidated, like, Oh my gosh, I better wash the dishes, you know, her teachers come in or something like that. But it's like it's really not that at all. Yeah, we just it. know that the transition well, exactly. The <laughs> we know the transition um is such a big step for the children. I mean, think about it, they're only two, three, four years old. And especially after covid this is the first time they're going to be leaving their home it's a massive step and so we kind of want to meet them where they're at and so we get to see them um like uh leanne said in their most comfortable environment and my top tip is to always bring stuff from the classroom so maybe it's like coloring pencils or a special toy or something fun and particularly for our children or uh, you know um, our families who think their children might be very anxious coming in you can give them a little thing and say oh can you look after that for me over the summer and then can you give it back to me when you come and start in September and it gives them a a little responsibility and a reason to be like oh yeah I'm excited to go back to nursery or reception or preschool because I want to give this back to my teacher and so it just gives them a little bit of of something to look forward to Um, and like you say starting in a in a new setting is is a really big change for all of us mm. so that's that that's starting in September how does it work for you guys do you go straight in do you stagger it do you wait or you know how does it work let me know
3: we stagger mm. so with nursery um they all start on the same day but they start with doing an hour first then the next day they'll do two hours. then the next day they'll do three hours. And if they're a 30 hours child, then by the, the following week, we'll try and get them to do the whole day. But we'll do it individual to the child, so not all the children or start. It'll be to the ch- children's needs. And then reception, we'll do until dinner time the first day. Then we'll do until 2 o'clock the second day. And then we'll try a full day. But then the ones that have been 30 hours in nursery can start full time straight away because they've already done that, so they used to that but then if they come from another setting we still give them the option to to phase to phase in because it's a big thing for a two a two a three or four year old to start somewhere new straight away and it's a big jump even if you're moving from nursery to reception because some of them we only need to do in three hours and then they've got to go to six hours and it's a big jump for us. (laughs) and the parents it's a big thing for the parents. They're used to picking them up at certain times. You'll find that more parents are upset than children are.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I, a tip I would say is to for parents wise to parents is when you show obviously that you understand, but also to say almost be a little bit like, okay, just go, mommy. Honestly, you can even if you wait across the road for ten minutes and we'll phone you, or an hour. Give us that. Just go because. The longer you hang on to them the more anxious they become the more anxious you become and then that separation is even harder so i always feel like as hard as it must feel inside and you do get it you just just like just go just go and we'll look after them and if they are that distraught and it's that awful we will contact you and you can come straight back because most of them won't go far um you know so those it's just that just you know let go peel all the fingers off let's go and just just let them try and, and most of the time you know they will be okay and i think also to know um if you're new to early is to be like oh they were fantastic today their first day was amazing but don't expect the next day to be the same because once it sinks in a lot of the children will be like oh i've got to come back and then that's when they start to get upset <laughs> so yeah. being yourself as a person you know, thinking hang on oh i thought they were fine but knowing that it might not be the same the next day it might take a bit longer
1: <laughs> yeah But for our, so far transitions, we do, um, like I said, half the class will start one day and then they have another day and then the next, the third day in, the other half come in. But a lot of the children that we get, they're all at, she's at a full time, they're in every day, seven till six. So they then they start their extended hours on the first day, if they're in that first group, they'll stay the whole day. And, um... It, it's just it's that's how it's always been at my school but i think every, every child is completely different in how they they settle Like we have a couple of children that are still actually settling in now but they only do morning sessions because they were always at home of like mum dad brothers and sisters and siblings etc. so yeah every child is completely different but a massive top tip is when dropping off again if they are distraught we always give them a call and say they're fine now they're playing with the cars because they I think they always do it as well to make the parents feel guilty that they're leaving them there and then the students come to the door they're fine it's it's, <laughs> it's it's so funny like how they and I think it's because they know and they like latch on and they know that oh my mum's getting upset so I'm gonna like, wind up a bit more they know they're clever children they're so clever <laughs>
0: <laughs> they really are and i think this is a top tip for early as practitioners started anyway that first one two possibly three months you are going to have screaming crying children stock up on your paracetamol all right <laughs> <laughs> stock up on your tissues it's okay it's a massive transition for these families and you know, I think sharing, having that emotion so raw isn't a bad thing. Yes, it's going to hurt your ears a little bit, but it's just a big, it's a big emotion and it's okay for our kids to to um, express that. If you're worried about children and you're not actually quite sure where the limit is, like Aby said, are they are they just putting it on because the parents they can see the parents still there and then as soon as the parents are gone they're fine or is it something that they are really dealing with separation anxiety always go and speak to your senko go and speak to uh, maybe a manager who's done this before like they'll be able to help you and also just let the parents be super honest with you in those home visits or in that you know do are they feeling worried are their kids Likely to feed off of that worry, or actually, are they going to be okay? So, just have that open communication and that paracetamol. It's all good, it's fine. We'll all get through it together. And I think it's a really important part of the process. And it's that bonding as well, like you say, because the children are then trusting someone other than their family. And that's really, I mean, that's hard for me as an adult, okay? I don't trust nobody. But as a three year old, you know, it's like, who on earth are you taking away from? taking me away from my mother and my father and my family and my carers so it's just a process but after that it, it it really will get better and you know kind of once that settling period is more stable I have had times where it has gone up to Christmas and that's just something that we work through one of the things that really threw me I think especially as like an ECT was we called it NQT back then but um you have all these plans don't you yeah yeah, i'm just an old lazy That's what it is um but you want to make a really good first half term don't you and make it super super fun and do all these things and then you've just got screaming crying children and it just does not matter what you do because that's not where they're at now like what would your advice be in terms of planning for that first
3: half term especially don't do it Yeah. yeah there's no point in planning for the first Two or three weeks until you've got to know the children, and it should be child-led learning first. So, like we made this, this decision this year to let them walk into learning, so they could walk in and access the environment. We wasn't even bothered to put the coats or the, the lunch boxes away. They could just put them on the thing on the floor and go and play, as long as they were happy. And then we sort the lunch boxes and everything out after. We'd rather them walk into learning and be able to settle themselves. And then I don't think we started planning for week five this year because we wanted to get a good grasp of the children. We wanted to get a baseline of them before we started planning because there was no point in us planning all during the six weeks holiday and putting loads of things in place and then it not working.
2: Uh, for us, it's yeah, it's not strict. I'd say a definite tip is don't be really strict of your planning, whether it's the beginning of the year, middle, end, because there's always something that throws spanner in and i think that's what early years is about so you all should be ready to just adapt and change no matter and don't be distraught when you think i've spent hours on that i've really thought that through and and sometimes it's just moving it around and if the child if the children aren't engaged in it then like, oh they will just do that or they change it to how they do it's just something completely different that you had an idea of then go with it and um beat yourself up about it and yeah those first settling weeks it's just loose it's about them getting to know the environment, knowing that it's their place, it's theirs, it belongs to them, and almost going along with them and, help, you know, they help you to set it up and get it ready and be like, okay, this is where we're going to do this or this is where we're going to do that. So they should have some ownership over it, yeah.
3: I'd say don't
1: worry.
3: Yeah, don't No, no, you go. Go, go. I'd say don't worry if your first classroom layout doesn't work either. Um, each classroom is different to every cohort, so the classroom design that this, that I've got this year might not work for next year's cohort, or it might not work halfway through the year. Be flexible to move things around because some children might see one area as a construction area, whereas in your head it's the art area. If they want to construct in it, let them construct in it. Don't. Ha- I wouldn't go for set areas. Let let the learning be fluid. Yeah.
1: We, Hello, do, great. we do like, like the same where we it's all child led. We might set up a few little activities, but we ask the children what they would like so they get to explore all the resources in the classroom. If they want to go outside, we'll have a bit of free flow, so it's all child led. And then I think into like week three, we go into our all about me topic so we get to know we look, use the twinkle resource, the house, so they can draw who lives in the house, mummy, daddy. Um, and we do a lot of things about All About Me, Who Lives With Us and Holidays and And that's really nice because the children are able to express themselves and say what they do at home and the like mean, the home corner is a definite like it's just amazing seeing the children how they use the things in the home corner like the kettle and I mean one child said to me before, I don't have cups of tea at my house, I only have prosecco which is like the <laughs>
0: I want to move into that house. Roséco. <laughs> Brilliant. Have
1: the bottle, please.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to move in. Sounds great.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'd have a of resources as well, like old resources and new resources. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have a a phone, have an old-fashioned phone, but also have a mobile because some of them won't know what an old-fashioned phone is. But then you can link it to your past and present.
0: They're like what? There you yeah. go. There's loads
3: of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I talk a lot with yeah. When it. they
0: try and touch the screen, isn't it? And you're like, yeah. That's not how it works. You've got to press the press the buttons. They're yeah. like, What? Oh that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Like we've> got, <laughs> All
3: right. We've got a tie fighter. Ooh. They were yeah. amazed to know what a tie fighter was. Yeah.
0: cool isn't it and I think that's actually something really good to pick up on is um when you're thinking of perhaps if you are introducing activities or not or you're you know looking at child led use those opportunities when your parents and your families and your children come in for those uh, parent presentation evenings or the home visits or whatever to ask them what they're interested in because then by the time they come into your settings you've got things that are ready perhaps you've got a child that really likes lego Make sure you get the Lego out on the first day, you know, perhaps one of them is really into space. Cool. Let's go get the rockets out in the water area. You know, pick up on those cues so that the children can see familiar things that, you know, that's going to make them comfortable and settle them in more and interest them. But actually on that, you were already talking about your environment. So obviously an early years classroom, an early setting looks very different to key stage one to key stage two there's like you know no tables <laughs> no sitting down it's not how it works um so what was i think is one of the biggest jobs is setting up your environment um what would your top tips be in terms of of setting setting up your classrooms ready
2: um well if we've got obviously in my early years i've got indoors and outdoor setting what i've learned over the years is um for inside is to keep as much of that set up as possible because outdoors you obviously often have to put things away because of weather and things like that but at least each day you won't have to set up to lots of areas especially if maybe you got someone's sick or you end up on your own so i always tend to have pretty much there or we also started with outsiders to have trays for things so we know what the kind of ideas of what we want for that week so everything's already set up in the tray so whoever comes in even if it's not out, they just take them out and set it up outside um so, yeah, I tend to try and do what you can the night before and then set up. Usually the outside takes us a bit longer where we are, so we do that the next in the next morning or each day.
3: We've got it so anything they can see that's at their level, they can access. So what's on the table, if they don't want it, they know they can put it away. If they want to get the paint, we've got squeezy bottles so they can get their own paint out, so the paint's accessible all the time. Um, we... We get them to make their own play on a Monday. So we do that for a morning and an afternoon session. So we start with the adult teaching them how to make it and then by now they can make their own and then we tran- transfer. We transition into using clay so they can um, make their own models and leave it to dry and then paint it. We've got spaces where they can put their models if they're continuing working. Because some children won't want to put their models away. They want to continue it so we've got shelves where they can put it on and it says work in progress and then our displays are for the children, the displays aren't for the adults and a lot of displays become wallpaper, it's, it's not what a child wants to put off are they going to look at it, especially in nursery because when they first come they won't be able to read, so those displays are for the children's work even if it's a squiggle on a piece of paper, that is a child's work and they are proud of that work display that work and show them
2: yeah lots of children's work everywhere very important
1: (laughs) we have a it's called like a working wall in our classroom so each child has a square and anything that they're like proud of or like any assessments we put up and it's really nice so in September their squares are like bare but by now like everything's And kids like can you squeeze this up and you're like covering up work but you're squeezing it in and it's just so lovely to see and the amount of drawings I have of children that they've given me over the years I've like got them on my fridge as well but it's, it's just so lovely it is
0: it really is and you know what I'm getting a little bit like oh I want to go back in the classroom this is like my favorite time of year because you're doing all the amazing stuff with the current cohort and uh, doing all the graduations and all the fun stuff at the end but then for me getting ready for a new cohort is my favorite time of year and I'm a bit of an organized queen um so i love i love setting up new areas and new classrooms and it's just really inspiring to see what other people are doing And if you didn't know already we're actually doing a competition starting next week called early years or eyfs areas in action where you can uh, take pictures of your areas that you've already set up and if you send them to us tag us in it then you can be put into a ballot to win a prize for that area um so you can either join in and do it if you set up your areas already or follow it if you have no idea what to do follow it because you guys are incredible at setting up um areas i kept tagged in so many things and i'm like oh my gosh i never thought of that before look at the creative way they've done that construction area look at the amazing way they've done that math area and join in with the community and have a look but also on the flip side of that, be aware of Pinterest. It's good. Be aware of Instagram. It's it's good, but is it practical and can your children use it? Sometimes the things that look amazing are great, but also are the kids using it? You might spend hours. (laughs) This is it, right? You might spend hours, and I did this, making a beautiful tough tray, right? You're all laughing because you've all done this. Calm, (laughs) right? little seeds for the little grass and you know setting all the animals in little places and oh what can you in two seconds it was ruined yeah Yeah, that's the point yeah yeah yeah, that's the point the kids are using it Mm. so yes it's amazing to have these beautiful areas but also think about the practicality as well and you know what don't be afraid of mess because it's early years it's gonna happen so yeah check out our early years areas and action giveaway starting next week either to come in and win some prizes for your areas or to check out what everybody else is doing because you're going to get some cracking ideas there now obviously there's a lot going on uh, in terms of what we've t- talked about already uh, we're going to do two things and then we're going to wrap it up and see if we've got any questions at the end but i wanted to talk about the summer obviously there's a lot going on at the minute and there's going to be a lot going on in september and october and for that first half term. I think it's one of the trickiest. So the summer I think is really important for us to rest, recuperate, look after our well-being and things like that. What are your top tips for looking after yourself over the summer?
3: Take time for yourself. Um I only go in one or two days during the summer. When I first started I'd go in for a whole week, but n- not anymore. I go in one or I went I think I went in one day this year. And that was only to move around things in my classroom because I was new to the school. And I didn't really need to go in to do that, if I'm honest. But I just wanted to do that so I was mentally prepared. But don't feel pressured by seeing other people going in on Instagram or wherever you follow on Twitter. Take time for yourself because it is going to be a busy first half term. Like, you're, all you'll do is eat, sleep, repeat. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: and yeah definitely outside time fresh air spending time with family and friends you yeah, know yeah definitely time and just it's not easy to switch off you know we get holidays but it's not easy to switch off because you might go out and be like oh that would be good for my classroom well, that'd be good but also but making like that real concerted effort to be like no this um, even if you have to. Put it in your calendar. I so said, This week I'm just doing this for me. I'm not even going to think about school. Next week I might think and really do that because, like you said, it whizzes by and then the first half term, the first term is just so crazy. You'll be exhausted. Burnout. You don't want to burn out.
3: You can have a social with your new staff. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out your new yeah.
2: team
1: I We have a lot of, <laughs> of social coming up actually. <laughs> like the next. Also, what, we're two and a half weeks away from some holidays, so we've got a load of socials coming up. But what we've been doing is the children have been really calm and they've just been engaging and loving all the activities in the morning. So whilst they're busy, we've been getting on with a few little jobs. So we've been, like, organising our drawers and sorting out and binning things just so we know that, oh, we don't have to come in in the summer holidays and we can literally just relax and unwind. The first week of some holidays, so I'm a bit busy because I'm getting married the first week. So oh yeah. Congratulations. thank you. It's gonna be really, really busy. <laughs> but um no, I'm really excited and I just can't wait to just relax and not have to get up to an alarm and I love um exercising as well. So I always go to a bounce class like twice a week or once a week. But I just want well, I can't wait to spend time with family and catch up with friends and Not have to worry about planning or what I'm going to wear tomorrow work or have I got enough clothes because by the time I get in from work, I'm just exhausted. Yeah, Yeah, I
2: totally get that.
3: Don't wear your best clothes.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't wear white either. There's no point. Just pay, don't do do it.
1: change of clothes in your car because you never know what is going to happen. And I still have, I've got a spare change of clothes, socks, the whole outfit because no. I've
0: got, got two. Yeah, 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 two. Because I had once, right, a whole day of poon armies, and I'm not oh. kidding you. I mean, I was non-stop. I, it was, it was a lot. So just, just prepare for that. But yeah, really good points from all of you. If
1: I've been puked on, weed on, glittered on, paint. I've had the lot. But if yeah. I don't come home dirty, yeah. i was like, have I had a really good day at work? If I'm not a little bit dirty.
0: This is what we tell the parents of earlier children as well. Like, I'm really sorry the uniform is destroyed. <laughs> um, they really enjoyed the mud kitchen today and decided to take off the overalls. I'm really sorry. And always, yeah, so we, we, we all got to do it.
1: All weathers too. I always come prepared. Always have like a little pack away anorak in your bag and your welly boots because like you just don't know like one day it could be pouring down with rain and the kids are all a bit cooped up inside and, and one thing I hate is being stuck inside. I love yeah. being outdoors. So. When it is raining, I'm like all of one's on, welly boots on, we're going for a splash around the playground, and it's just, it's just brilliant. And the snow, we're really blessed. We've got the massive common right opposite our school, with what actually we are on the common. We are, so we went out on the common and made snowmen and snow angels. So let's come fully prepared with everything,
2: every war weathers,
0: fully prepared. I love it. <laughs> and I think another thing about the summer as well is that obviously. A lot of different people relax and recuperate in different things. And I don't think there's a right way to do it. So if your summer holiday looks like relaxing, switching off, literally getting rid of those emails and not even looking until you enter that door at whatever time on the first day, no shame. You do you. But also, if you're one of those people that actually gets anxious and would rather plan ahead so that the first half term or the first week or whatever it is, isn't as overwhelming for you, you also do you. There is no shame in doing what is right for you. Just because some other people you know, go on holiday or they switch off doesn't mean that you should force yourself to do that. And I think a really good thing for everybody to do who's new to early is, is build a community of people. So I think Twinkle are actually really quite good at this is we've got loads of Facebook groups. Um, we've got a nursery practitioners group, reception practitioners group, early years practitioners group baby room group room leader group toddler group childminder group we've got lots of group um trainees and ect groups as well please just go and join those groups and chat with other people because a lot of those groups we're in there we're on instagram as well i message actually i message you three quite a lot (laughs) i'm thinking about it i'm like oh yeah yeah um but you know send us messages i'm worried about this i've got this and if we can't answer you in the groups one of your peers will community is so big in education as a whole i think early years do it really really well so make the most of it don't be afraid to ask for help that's what we're here for that's literally my job literally my job is to be here for you so please don't uh, you know worry about uh, bothering me doesn't matter what time of night it is i'll get that message eventually so last thing from everybody i think fair your best best top tip just about anything in general in case we've missed anything what would be your top
2: tip overall i say delegate <laughs> oh. Don't be a, okay and share and don't feel like you have to do it all yourself and you know people are, are obviously different people you like sometimes you just be like i really know what i want i want to do this but in earlier there's so much going on all the time um don't be afraid to go, oh, actually, could you do that? And use the strengths of your team. Everyone's got different skills and strengths. Use those because then that the weight is a bit less. You feel like, okay, I've spread that out and we can all do this together and we can all push this together and don't feel like it's all on just yourself and then then you're just burning out and then you're ill. So just, yeah, delegate and share and, yeah, teamwork.
3: <laughs> don't be afraid to ask questions. No questions if any question. And make friends with the office staff because they know everything,
0: <laughs> and they can get you printer credits. Yeah, <coughs>
2: yeah. <They should>. yeah.
0: <laughs> I
1: think it like both what you both said. Delegate, and like if you are finding the workload, especially towards the, the summer end of the summer term, things are getting busy. Your to-do lists are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. To say to someone, "Can you help me do this?" Because the worst thing you want now, before going summer days, is getting really stressed up and really heightened with all the workload and pressure that to get help ask questions um the nursery team we're all really good so we're, we'll say who's got what and jobs to do this way are you all right doing that do you need help and delegating as well even getting the kids to do jobs for you I mean my kids love a job so when I was organizing the arts and crafts I said I need to take all the dirty bits out all the broken bits take them all out they just love a job so they will help me do that so ask kids as well <laughs>
3: Beautiful. There's my office
0: staff commenting too, right, Matt? Beautiful. I think my top tip would be, I think going back to maybe that beginning bit. where you know, we we're talking about planning. Um, teach the children how to use the space. You know, before we even get to topics about, you know, whatever they're interested in. Actually, do they know where the toilet is? Can they use the toilet can they ask for help do they know where the snack area is do they know how to take certain toys out do they know how to put them back and it's g- getting that established routine in forget about the topics at the minute that's when they're ready for it at the minute they don't actually know how to use this new social environment because at home whole different set of rules at their child mind or at their preschool at their baby room Whole different set of rules. They're in a new room now. I used to literally take my key worker group, right? <laughs> where they were stopped, you know, screaming. Um, and we'd go around the different areas and I'd be like, right, this is a creative area. What can you see? Look, the trays the labels. Can you see the picture of it? The... Look, that's where this goes. Shall we? All... Let's take it all out and let's make a mess. They loved that bit. And I was like, right, let's put it back again. And, you know, it's just doing things like that and just making it fun. But I think teaching the children how to use the space how to communicate their needs, how to make sure that they can trust you and communicate with you what they need as well. I think is the top tip for me. So I just want to say a massive thank you to Amy, Leanne and Matt for joining me tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are fountains of knowledge. And for everyone who's listening, who is whether actually you're starting in early years or you've been in early years for ages, this is your reminder that you are in a safe, welcoming, wonderful community full of people who are cheering you on and we're all in the same boat as well and you know what those kids are lucky to have you so if you ever forget that come back to this live watch it again and remind yourself how cool you are (laughs) all right but you're all amazing amy leanne and matt we should say goodbye and have a lovely evening have a lovely evening, guys thank you
1: thank you Bye.
3: bye
0: So that's it for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to join in or would like to know more, then come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook page, Facebook groups, an Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. All the links of where to find us will be in our podcast description. Come and join the conversation. And whatever you're doing today, I hope you have a great day.